How's everybody doing? Welcome to Church on the North Coast Podcast. I'm Pastor Troy Thompson. Our greatest desire here is to encourage you. If you're a ministry leader, we want to encourage you. We want to empower you. We want to equip you. We want to strengthen you, build you. Whether you're a volunteer, brand new believer, we want to help you today. Welcome to the podcast. Today's going to be a little different. A little, little different on uh, kind of how I handle it today. I'm all alone in the podcast room, all by myself, man. It's just me in an empty room. But uh, today's going to be a little different. So what I thought I would do today is uh, go over a couple of, uh, well, there's a, there's a couple. There's a couple. So I'll, I'll do this one. Um, where somebody mentioned to me the other day, I did a funeral, and somebody mentioned to me, so listen, you really need to, you know, take that content and preach it on a Sunday. I, I don't have the time uh, to, <laughs> to do that. Uh, it, it, I, a lot of believers out there, you know, you, you're uh, you are preachers, a lot of preachers out there, uh, you know what I mean? Like, they, uh, you got more sermons than you, go, than you do Sundays. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, so I thought, well, I, you know, I could do a podcast on it and, and kind of go over it. And maybe maybe it'll help some people. I believe it will. Uh, but this, this what I want to share to you, with you today is, uh, is something that I believe, you know, I'm doing a lot of funerals for um, seniors lately. A lot, of, a, lot of our, a lot of our seniors, you know, is we're at that crossover time, you know, or that transition time where a lot of our, you know, patriarchs and matriarchs are going on to glory and and you can I can I can specifically I can feel the weight of their absence like their transition like they're leaving but I don't I don't feel like we're filling their their shoes fast enough you know and so I feel the urgency of that for some reason I live with the weight of 40 years Um, and it's it's always been that way I've always felt that and I'm, you know, I'm sure a lot of, you know, a lot of people that are, you know, especially guys, guys in your forties, you can kind of feel that, you know, that, you know, you only got about, you know, 10, 15 years to, to really make traction and you got to make, you know, you got, you got to take advantage of it. So it's kind of where I'm at. I, I feel like in ministry, I'm standing between, um, we're right in the middle of generations. So there's a, there's a, a heavy matriarch patriarch generation in front of me that is transitioning in uh, over into glory, and then behind me there's these amazingly creative thirty-somethings uh, that are just really full of creativity and energy. Um, and you know, we have these in our ministry. We have four generations like that are that are doing ministry simultaneously. And I say that, you know, I'll, I'll clarify that in a minute. But so it's like mom and dad, and then us, and then my kids, and they're just they're rock stars for Jesus. And then their kids, and you can you can begin to um, kind of see their children being groomed for what's next. And uh, but what haunts me is this idea that uh, you know the responsibility of that we're left behind with the weight of what they brought us into 
and I, I'm a, I'm fearful, not fearful, but I'm I'm uh, uh, I'm heavy with the the idea, this responsibility of like, are we picking up what they left behind? And oftentimes, <laughs> a little secret, like I don't, I I got like one or two sermons that I use for a funeral, and for some reason they just work all the time. But I don't, I don't prepare sermons for funerals. I, I know, I know people that do. I just don't. I just feel like, listen, man, I'm gonna come up here and tell you, you know, that if they, if they, they love Jesus, they're in heaven, and you know, you can do it, you get to heaven with them. But uh, one of the things I really feel is this, this weight, and so I use the scripture from Second Kings, and um, it's in Second Kings two eleven to fourteen. It said, then it happened as. As they continued and talked, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven, and Elijah saw it. Elijah saw this. That's really key. That's really critical that a generation witnesses the fire of heaven in the transfer, in the in the transition. You know that the that that there that we live with fire, and that in, that that the generation behind you sees that fire. And that that fire is provides evidence of the eternal, and so a lot of times, you know, in the funeral, I'll say like, you know, Christ is evident by by the fact that the fire that they carried, and then the fire, the presence of the fiery one, Jesus, in the midst of us, it's real clear to know, you know, and so I think that's really. It's really critical. And Elijah saw it, and he cried out. He said, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and his horsemen, and he saw him no more. So he took hold of his clothes, and he tore them into pieces, and he took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him, and he went back, and he stood by the banks of the Jordan. And then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him, and he struck the water, and he said, where is the Lord God of Elijah. And when he had also struck the water, it was divided this way and that. And Elijah crossed over. What stands out to me in this is a few things. First, the reality of the eternal that is found in the fire. The reality of the eternal that is found in the fire. And that generationally we must carry and foster the fire of the Lord. And that, that is the comforting fact to a generation. That is the, that is the, the comforting security that they carry to know in the, in the hour of our passing that it's not a, a, a weeping, sorrowful experience, but rather a joyful celebration and a weighty responsibility to somehow now take the fire of my father and then exponentially increase it. Because you know the story of Elijah and Elisha, that whatever Elijah had, Elijah walked in twice what he had. And so the principle there is like, I don't just get, like I can't, the expectation of me now becomes greater in uh, in 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 proportion to what it was for my father. I can't allow myself to settle for less than what he had. So there's this, this great demand 
for twice the fire. And, uh, and, and there's this great comfort in knowing that that fire, it reminds us of the eternal. So this is the hope we have in heaven. Um, but I really, feel, I really feel this. I really feel this. And I think generationally, we've got to like somehow awaken to this reality that, it, that we cannot be separated generationally. There is a covenant responsibility that ties us all together. And if we neglect it, we, 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 keep, we, we allow to, to remain on the shelf of heaven that which God wanted to pour out on the earth. And I, man, I really feel that. That's why I'm such a proponent of like, listen, there cannot be anything that separates us generationally. We've got to get past this idea of, of suspicion of one another, this, this idea of competition with one another. Man, there's no competition here. The fire that you have, that, that I have, that I'm going to pass on to my children, it's like I'm responsible for that. I'm responsible for to honor the father, my father's fire and my mother's fire. Like I've got to be responsible for that. And if I could say anything to like two generations, like this is so cool. I thought about doing a conference like this. If I could get two generations in a room, like that are, that one's beneath me, well actually it would be three. So it would be me and one that would be underneath me and then the other above me. And, and then just offer like, like tell both of those generations what I would, what I so desperately uh, desire to, to have from both of them. You know, if I could talk to my father's, I would say, listen, man, keep on, keep on pushing. Don't stop pushing, you know, because one season is done. Don't, don't stop or don't let all, don't let go or don't, it may change, but I'm, 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 I'm appealing to you to not quit on this thing and to keep going and, and to maybe like, you know, like show me what's next. Cause I don't know what's next. And I need you to like, clear the road for me because I don't I don't know what's next and I'm gonna be there and when I get there I want to I want the advantage of of knowing what you know before I get to have to know what you know so that's what I would say to my father's like keep climbing the mountain man don't stop like keep going and keep chucking away at you know the pathway for then I look at my younger generation I look at like my son Jeremiah all my boys you know, Caleb and Tristan and, and my nephews, Dominic and Dion. And I would say to them, I would say, listen, I need your energy. I need your inspiration. And, and, and whether you know it or not, man, I really need your amen. You know, like, like you need the amen of, of the people in front of you as much as you, uh, or I say you need the amen of the people that are following you as much as the amen of the people that have gone before you. Um, we like to trick ourselves into believing that we only need, you know, we're only looking for those that we feel like have gone in front of us to, to applaud us. But man, not me. Uh, and I don't think anybody really, I, th- I think, um, you know, I could look at that younger generation. And I say, listen, you know, help me not miss it. Help me, help me where, you know, I'm blind, but don't, don't, uh, don't indict me publicly. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's one thing to like miss it. Uh, it's another thing for like to for for those around you to be critical of you missing it. Like if like and that's what I would say to to the generation that's that's behind me. I would say like if you see it, cover it, cover it, and and make sure that you're you're we're connected because I 
I want you to know like everything I'm doing now, I'm doing so you can inherit a kingdom that is greater than what I inherited. You know, that and that's the whole that's the whole strategy here is like to to manipulate every generation for the kingdom's sake in the earth. And so that's a lot. That's a lot out of the fire. But the chariot of fire, that's what it kind of reminds me of is this this responsibility to the fire that's in a younger generation to, you know, it's like, hey, let, let me borrow some of your fire sometimes. And, and, and I need your encouragement. I need your support. I need to know that you're so down for this because, man, I'm working hard to, to stay focused on where God's taken us. But, and I, I got to know that the strength of the ministry is coming up behind me is covering me and uh that that because what the enemy will do what the enemy what i've seen it the enemy do and you know is i've seen him get into ministries and just annihilate them annihilate them with selfish ambition and pride and ego and and i say this all the time about legacy and you know that's what generations of walking in faith is his legacy legacy is winning generationally anyone can win today for themselves you know like i could i could win today and and just you know do it all just because i want to win or i can sacrifice to win generationally make moves that take me out of the way currently but strengthen us you know two generations deep it's it's almost like a like a coach who who knows how to coach really well you don't like you you got your star players but if you if all you're doing is playing your star players and you're not preparing your up and coming players um you're weakening yourself you're weakening yourself because something's going to happen and you're going to need those up and coming they're not going to be prepared for it and so what i what i've made a conscious effort to do is is like to make sure that the up and coming players as as far down as i can possibly go have the exposure to uh, and the opportunity, the exposure and the opportunity um, to really grow. And you only grow by doing, if you ask me, if, if you ask me, you only grow by doing and failing. And you, you know, you just get in it and you do it and you work on it and you see where it, you, you're missing it and you, and you just perfect it. And you, and then it's not in my greatest moments that I've grown. It's in my worst moments where I've bombed that I've grown and learned the most. And so really trying to groom that and foster the fire of a younger generation as far back as you can get them, like out of the womb man. start preparing them. Um, but there's just a, an, an enormous responsibility for the fire, for the chariots of fire um, that, you know, that reality of the eternal life is found in the fire. And secondly, the, the thing that really, you know, I, I, I point out in, in like when I'm doing a funeral, which is kind of morbid, I guess, to talk about the funeral, but then talk about this. But it's so applicable to everything. It gives ultimate perspective uh, to everything when you, you know, you're standing over a casket and you're saying like, it's just like, it's, it's, it's like the, the ultimate opportunity to give the blueprint um, is this challenge. I, I, secondly, the second thing I see that's fascinating to me is the challenge. There is this challenge to pick up what another generation drops. And, and there is, so it's, there's a challenge to pick it up, but then there's also the responsibility 
to take yours off and drop it for the next generation. And the sad thing that I see in the story that I, I rarely hear people talk about is the, this, like, the, the, the idea that Elijah knew. Like, check it out, man. Elijah knew. He knew. Like, Elijah knew that he was getting ready to go. He knew that, you know, the chariots of horsemen were coming. He knew, he knew the fire, fiery chariots of horsemen, were, they were coming. He knew. He knew. God knew it. The school of the prophets knew. Everybody knew. Everybody knew. Everyone was telling Elisha, hey, man, they're going to take your master. Uh, God's coming for your master. And they all knew it. But, but what was sad to me about the story is that even though he knew, he held on to his, to his anointing all the way up until God forced him to let it go. And if there's, a, if there's a message that's glaring to me, it's that you've got to empower people and release people and bless people and, let, and just kind of let go of your authority and entrust them with all that you have. And that's, I guess that's like really the thing that's, that's shocking. It's like he made God make them. You know, it's like he couldn't take it. What's evident is he couldn't take it with him. He had to leave it behind. And I, I think about the possibility, the potential of what could have been had Elijah released in, in the context of time his anointing in combination with what belonged rightfully to Elijah. It rightfully belonged to him. The transfer, you know, you go back and study the scripture, you'll see that God told him, give what belongs to you, not to Elijah. And, and it rightfully belonged to him, but he could have had, so time could have known. But, but you got to ask yourself, why didn't he? Why didn't he? And I look around today and I see a lot of like struggle in kingdom dynamic where there's a, too much competition because... And it's all boils down to like there's way too much competition. Like if you ask me, like what what kept him? I mean, obviously something kept him from releasing it. And I think today we can allude to the idea that we don't want somebody else outshining us. And that's just like a sad commentary to think like if but but if he had released it, the potential of what time could have known. Like the power of God that time could have known if instead of competing, he would have empowered and said, here, here, man, take this, you, you take, take this, take what belongs to me. Now I'll give it to you, which means you got to strip, you got to strip yourself. You got to take off of yourself and empower others. You got to, you got to, you know, you got to kind of move behind the scenes and push behind the Elijah's and I don't see enough of it in the kingdom today. I don't see the I don't see enough generational clapping happening in the kingdom. And I, I, I we'd be really wise because the kingdom we create, the kingdom we foster today is the kingdom we inherit tomorrow. And the, what I what I'm really conscious of is I don't want my children to inherit a kingdom where I was the focus and not Jesus. And because I, I put myself as the, as the focus, they never grew in the strength and the power of what belonged to them. And I, I would, you know, so I, I, I'm, I try to make a conscious effort of taking off, you know, like consistently reminding myself, like, 
do I need to do I need to lead from behind? Do I need to like drop back? Do I need to get out of the way here? I mean, and there, and there's such a sensitive balance, like because because there's times where you just know, like you know, as a leader, as the I hate to use that term, it's so out, it's so overused today, a leader. But you just there are times when you know, like you just know, like you got to handle this. Like you got to handle this. You got to be the grown up in the room here, and you got to handle this. And um, I see a struggle there too. I, that where sisters and brothers have failed to become mothers and fathers, and because of that, they there's sibling rivalry in the kingdom that shouldn't be there. Um, and it's a big thing. And it, and it what I what I point to when I you know kind of talk about this is is the idea of like royalty legacy. You know, it doesn't it doesn't have to compete because I don't want to win. You you know you can win you can win today's game, but you won't win the championship. And if you really want to leave a mark on the earth, you want to win championships. Right? You want to win. Gener- in, in order to do that generationally, you have to take off what belongs to you and empower another generation with it. And so, and you know, and a part of that is, you know, is trusting uh, they, they, that they left something of extreme value in that coat for you. You know, I say that all the time. Like, there's something that, you know, like, what Dr. Cadenton left in his pockets gives me the advantage in what I'm doing today. The the giants he killed, I don't have to kill those giants. I got different giants, but but I got, I, I have tools that are, you know, at my disposal that I don't have to go and and learn I, I I picked them up because he he dropped his coat you know so that that what he he gives willingly um I'm able to operate in more there's just a greater uh a greater tool bag at my disposal you know I have more weaponry uh, because of it and it just the, the the coats that we pick up, like they're up to us, you know. And I and if I could like admonish the church today, I would say, hey, uh, learn how to catch coats, you know. Be close enough to catch the coat, you know. Get closer, honor, respect, you know. And you're gonna make mistakes. You're gonna you're gonna fail. You're you're not gonna do it all right. Um, you know, there are going to be days where you're frustrated and you don't, you don't want to do it, but you, you just don't leave. And that, and if I see a deficiency that there it is, man, like nobody stays, everybody's transient today, man. Everybody's walking away. Everybody gets frustrated. They get offended because it didn't happen the way on their time schedule or the way they wanted. And so they're just walking away from fathers, walking away from incredible fathers that, that are just slaying giants, man. And if you just stick around long enough, just push through the, the, the whatever it is you're feeling, you know, you're in your feels because you, you're feeling some kind of way, you know. If you just push through that and stay at the table, uh, you, you could become deadly and in, in dangerous, deadly and dangerous in the spirit. But we keep walking away from fathers. I mean, you can't keep, you can't keep anointed 
up and coming uh like ministry help near you because they they just there's a sense of entitlement there's this i know i'm telling that I'm, t- I'm telling all the secrets today <laughs> i should i should have somebody here with me to keep me but uh so there it is that drop the mantle that's another thing that i you know it's incredible um to like foster the mantle that God's given you to make sure that you're letting go of it while you're in the time. So to disciple people, to grow people, to mature people, to empower people, to let them shine brighter than you is essential. And to take responsibility for what was given to you and to honor it and respect it. And, you know, and like I said, that's a learning. You're going to learn and grow in that. You're going to fail in that. But you just stay at the table. You stay consistent, and you stop. You know, you stop walking away from covenant relationships that that are just proven, proven. I mean, you know, I say this all the time about Church on the North Coast and this family. Fifty years. This this fall we'll celebrate fifty years, and the four generations doing ministry simultaneously. And the biggest challenge we have is keeping ourselves focused generationally. Staying at the table, staying connected. Winning is easy. Winning is easy. It's it's staying connected to one another, honoring one another, and being uh, being accountable to one another. That's the tough stuff. That's the tough. That's where the enemy tears us apart. So be conscious of the mantle that you carry. And then third, there's a scripture, uh, John fourteen twelve. I'm gonna read it for you. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, this is Jesus talking. The works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. I have this question asked to me all the time, and, you know, like, where are the greater works? Where are the greater works? Where are the greater works? And here's, you know, I share this story often. Uh, There was a young man played football with my son, and uh, he was out on the field. His father, one night on a Friday night, he, w- he was out on the field throwing a temper tantrum. His father gets up out of the stands, walks out onto the football field in live time. Football game still going on. There was a timeout. He walked onto the football field in the middle of the field, grabbed his son by the helmet, smacked him around. You heard him scream. You couldn't really discern what he was saying, cause, so you really didn't know. And then, and then he kicks him you know, in the butt and walks back up and sits down. Years later, I did a funeral for that family, and I was there in the room, and I witnessed the legacy that was in that room from the grandmother to the son, from the son to his son. Uh, and what I, what I came away knowing was this, that on the night that he did that, what he was doing was reminding his son of the greater responsibility that was on his life, that there was greatness that was inside of him, and he wasn't allow he wasn't going to allow his son to compromise the greatness. He was going to make him responsible for the legacy of greatness that he 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 was endowed with, that he had received from his grandmother to his father, from his father to himself, and that his father went out there on that night to just remind him. And sometimes we need to be reminded, and I believe this is what Jesus is saying here. And oftentimes when I do do a funeral, this is what I say. Listen, this man or woman lived their life and now they have reminded you that let their life serve as a reminder that you must be greater. 
that you must be greater than them. A lot of times we allow ourselves to sit in the shadows of the greatness of others that, that have gone before us. But Jesus here clearly makes it, he makes it crystal clear for us. There is a commandment for you and me to be greater. Your greater is in front of of you not behind you and you've got to be better and, and a lot of people like that's that's not doesn't sit, sit well with culture today but you've got to be greater you're stronger than you think and you're and every good father calls out that greatness and really what it tells us is that it's our turn it's our turn to be great and then we have no excuse not to be great I want to tell you today, you have no excuse not to be great. I got to go. I pray you were encouraged, empowered. Thank you for taking the time to join me today. Pray that you were empowered, encouraged, and strengthened. Until next time, wake up and hustle like heaven to make sure somebody out there feels the effects of your influence. Bring heaven to your home, your city, your nation. Don't wait till it's too late. Get up today. Do it. Get to a place that manufactures hope this Sunday. Get to a church, a good Bible-believing church filled with the Spirit of God. If you're anywhere in Northeast Ohio, man, you got to get to church on the North Coast. we got a great family here. I love you, church on the North Coast. I'm Pastor Troy Thompson. I'll see you next time.